there's largely one way that the Bible talks about calling, um, and then some slight spinoffs from there. Largely, the Bible talks about calling as the call to Jesus, the Lord calling you to himself, calling you out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, um, calling you into holiness, into living a consecrated life, um, into being somebody that loves and obeys Jesus. A root is the part of a plant that attaches to the ground or to a support, stabilizing and nurturing the rest of the body. And in Christ's church, there are roots as well. Scriptures, wisdom, and testimonies that testify to the character of God. These roots have a material impact because they are true and they root us to Christ himself, stabilizing us and nurturing us because it is he who is doing the stabilizing and the nurturing. And that is what we are here to examine. In these episodes, we study the truth. We talk about scripture, we talk about culture, we talk about Christian living. But the one thing we want to encourage you vehemently to do is to seek out the truth for yourself. Go to the Bible, read the text, and pray that God might open your eyes to see him for who he really is. And let your maker root you to himself. But first, I want to introduce some of my greatest friends in the world. They are wiser than me in a million ways and more musically talented as well. Um, And they might disagree, but I don't care. I have been so (laughs) excited to have them on the podcast. It is the lovely Nicole and Nato Barrett. How are you both? Oh, thanks. We're, We're well. I feel like I'm going to fall short of that intro. I did set you up for failure a bit. Um, The truth is, is for those of you that have been listening for the last couple episodes, it was actually a conversation that I had with Nauto months ago, back in October of 2021, that made me push Roots production into high gear and actually get this thing going. So um, they didn't know that, but I did. So I'm just like over the moon about having (laughs) them here. And (laughs) we actually just had a really... I think we talked for like 25 minutes before we even started recording, <laughs> just about life and the Lord. We did a whole other podcast and, just now. We had to catch yeah, up. Yeah, we did a know? whole other podcast just for us, and we were just catching up. And I'm just super glad to have them on. Um, now, Tony Nicole, Thank I'm going to give you guys the space right now to kind of talk about what we're talking about today. Give us an intro, uh, and I'm going to give you guys the space to kind of get us started on this really fun conversation. Sure. You want to start? Sure. Give us an, a broad <laughs> overview. Yeah, so... Um, for anybody who doesn't know, well, all three of us went to went to a music school like that's faith based, and so there's a word that you kind of hear floating around a lot in that community, or even just in the the church community in general. And that word is calling. Um, that's something that we have really kind of dissected and looked at at a couple of different angles over the past um, two years ish as we have moved away and started kind of a whole new phase of life and it's really kind of led us to want to talk about it a little bit because I think in in some ways the way that our community church community as a whole uses that word can oftentimes be um, not biblical and also used in a way that can be really really stifling and give people a misconception for who God is and how he works and who they are. Um, because calling gets really convoluted really fast. It It's yeah. tied to purpose. It's tied to identity. And because of that, 
it can just really lead to some pretty deep issues within people that they don't know that they have, lies that they start yeah. to believe about who they are and what they're supposed to be doing and who God is and what he told them to do. Um, it's it's right. pretty broad. We're just going to let Holy Spirit take it however direction he wants to. Yeah, that's our intention is to talk about calling and what that has meant and what, what we're learning that it means. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is important to talk about what we do now for <laughs> for work because of the fact that for the four or five years we were in school, I think that's probably the thing that was most closely tied to the idea of calling was your career. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a lot of the time what led you to choose a particular major or study with a certain professor because of their background in whatever career field you are looking to get into. Um, but the fact of the matter is Nicole and I both study music and believe it or not, we don't do music for a living. So after we left school in May of 2020, mm-hmm. mid pandemic, mm-hmm. yes, we moved um, back towards home to Asheville, North Carolina. So that's where we're at now. And I worked at a group home taking care of adults with disabilities. And then I don't even know if you know this, Alex, but, <laughs> three months ago, I started a new job. Did I tell you about that? I think that you might have. It depends oh, okay. on the job that you took. Is, <laughs> well, it a gardener, is it like a gardening position? Yeah, now I'm a gardener yeah. of all things. Sweet. A gardener on the Roots podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. so I'm a qualified <laughs> professional. Super um, Yeah, I'm a gardener now. Uh, it's great. It's still teaching me quite a bit about the Lord and the spirituality of like seasons and taking care of things. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. really excited to actually, sorry, not to cut you oh, off. No, no, I know you're ahead. about to say something, but um, I love that we're talking about this. And I said this even earlier when we were talking before, but I obviously have heard that a lot too, especially going to a music school. It's just like, I just felt called to uh-huh. be an X, be an, a worship leader, be like a modern like pop artist with like a faith-based twist. I just feel called to do this. When a lot of times something we feel called to do just ends up falling into what we want to do. Not that God doesn't call specific people to do specific things because we see that in the Bible. We see God telling individuals in the Old Testament and the New Testament what to be and what Mm -hmm. to do. So God does that. But I think in our modern context... I think the reason we want God to tell us so much, specifically what to do, where to live, who to marry. And I was thinking about this earlier. A large part of my identity is found in my career, is found in where I live, is found in who I marry. So being such a big part of who I am, I'm often surprised when God doesn't explicitly tell me where to work or where to live or who to marry. Because I'm like, but God, it's like a huge part of my identity. And you tell me my identity, mm-hmm. right? And God's like, but that's not part of your identity. Mm-hmm. you know. Right. And that's like a difficult thing for me to understand in my modern cultural context. So I'm just super excited yeah. to actually talk about yeah. what does calling even mean and look like in this modern day. That's good. Well, spoiler alert, it's very simple, but we'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll just give like a brief thing of like what I do because honestly, I don't mm-hmm. think it's that important. I really want to beard up, build off of what Alex said because um, it's you said so many really, really good things. But basically, I, I work two part-time jobs. I work uh, in wine uh, as a wine concierge at, at a local vineyard here, which is also cool. Lots of things about roots and plants and things that are very mm-hmm. spiritually tied. We'll have to talk about it some other time. 
Um, and then my other job is I work at a at a local art place. They sell lots of like local crafts and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. But I, I want to talk about how how calling is like intricately tied to identity and how we're so often thrust into those environments where people are like, I feel called to do this and I feel called to do that. And something you said about how like we maybe we just think that God's calling us to do that because that's what we want to do. And I think that's valid. And I also think that a a lot of times we think that calling has to be congruent with our natural skill set. And that is not a biblical way to talk about calling, Um, which to be fair, like the way that that word is being used within our environment right now is in a totally like cultural way, in an American way. The dictionary definition of calling, when I looked it up, like from a not faith-based <laughs> kind of place, is um, a strong urge toward a particular way of life or career, mm. um, specifically like vocationally based. Um, so it is true that we we do tend to think about career as being um, the larger part of what a calling is, and we tend to think about that as being a large part of what our identity is. And yeah, and I think there's there's so many scriptures about how the call of God you know, if, if calling is divine, as we talk about it being um, from a Christian perspective, then so also must the qualifying also be divine. We can never mm-hmm. assume that our calling is going to line up with the things that we're good at, because those things are not the reason that we're being called in that way. You know, it's it's a divine call from God, and that's not to say He won't use your strengths, but His power is made perfect in our weakness. And I really find that that most times it's those weaknesses that the Lord is going to call you in into so that his power can be amplified and magnified through you. He wants you to walk into weakness knowing that he'll show up, you know, instead of relying on those strengths. Can you give me an example of a situation where a weakness in a person, God uses that weakness to call them into an area where they need to exhibit strength in that area? Yes. Kind of like what you're saying, because I think a bad singer is like, <laughs> for example, I was I was watching a YouTube video with one of my coworkers of a very very poor singer <laughs> singing um, "Looking singer. for a City" on YouTube, and a lot of the YouTube comments are like, "Listen, God's just not like made you that way, you know? Ooh. He just hasn't called you that way." So obviously, there's like a difference between. And that's assuming that calling is career based again, which right. which we're not saying that right. it is. You know, so. it's and and it's also assuming that calling is is this lifelong thing, which it also is not always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the example, or at least the primary example that came to my mind when Nicole was talking about your qualifications for the call of God oftentimes not really lining up with the physical circumstances of your life. You know, Abraham was called to be a father of many nations and he was essentially assumed that he just like couldn't have children because of his age. So uh, that's pretty disqualifying, right? And God had to work a miracle in order to make him a father of many nations. And even at that, like, before his promised son is born of God's will, he tries to do it out of his own will. Um, and Ishmael's born, and we do that same thing even today, where it's like, sure, maybe you've been gifted musically, right? Like, let's say, and you begin to assume, like, oh, well, if God gave me the ability 
to be a musician, then I have to to make a name for myself so I can proclaim the gospel to as many people as possible, mm. right? And like, there's not anything inherently wrong with that in the same way that Abraham trying to have a son, like there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but he went about it in a way that didn't include God's voice and God's will. And so then it's a huge mess, you know? And you can try and force the dream. Like you can try and force through your musical ability and your connections with different people and raising a bunch of money. Like you, you can do it and like grind out that album or whatever that you think is God's will for your life. But at the end of the day, sometimes God still asks you to put that dream on the altar, you know, and it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the gifts that God has given you and the talents that he has given you. But it does mean like, if it comes down to it, you have to be willing to sacrifice those things for him, you know? And so that was like a huge lesson for me in terms of dreams and aspirations uh, and this idea of calling was like, no matter what God asks me to do, I have to understand like, that may not be a forever call. It may not be forever. And so I need to be willing to give that up and not get so attached to the dream, not get so attached to that call that I become blinded to God's provision, right? Like in the wilderness with Abraham. Um, so that's something I've shared with a lot of friends, um, especially after art school. It's hard, man. Like it's tough to, to learn how to be creative again for the sake of creativity. And it's hard to like wrestle with your personal aspirations and dreams and what you feel like God is asking you to do and whether or not you think it's okay to like still want a career for yourself. I mean, that's a whole nother thing that I'm sure we'll get into as well. But yeah, we always have to be willing to lay down that dream. It's a question of who you're like worshiping, right? Yeah, if for sure. you're worshiping a calling, you are going to be hurt. If God, in your estimation, changes changes lanes for you and like where he wants you to go or what he wants you to do. If you're truly worshiping God and trying to find God and truly find the way that he has designed his glory to be manifest, then in theory, it would be easy to give up all the dreams that you thought he was giving you. And I think, gosh, it's so difficult, especially when we love the ways we think God should be glorified more than the way God might say he wants to be glorified. Yeah. Or even singing and dancing in worship. Like that's not a part of my upbringing, dancing and like using flags. But in the last like year and a half, we've done that. And yeah, it's uncomfortable, but like that's scripture, you know, like the Lord desires to be worshiped in that way. So do it. And it's great fun. And I think there's something that the Lord really delights in when we choose to worship Him in ways that are uncomfortable to us, Mm -hmm. because it's proof that we're not doing it from a comfort-based place. We're not doing it from a place that's overly attached to comfort. We're doing it from a place of like, I know that you're worthy of this no matter how uncomfortable I am. Right. And and, and I'm, that's not me saying, like, force yourself to do really uncomfortable things when you <laughs> worship. But it's it's me saying, like, how much of your comfort is controlling how much you're giving away to God in those moments? Like, are you so attached to comfort that you can't bring yourself to sing out loud to Him? Hmm. You know, like, and, and that's a fear-based thing as well. Um, but since we've been talking a lot about how 
the ways in which we use that word and it's not biblical and what and what that's defined as within like a worldly secular dictionary so to speak um i think it's really important for us to talk about like how does the bible refer to calling how yes, please. does it talk about calling um and by and by um there there's largely one way that the bible talks about calling um and then some slight spin-offs from there Largely, the Bible talks about calling as the call to Jesus, the Lord calling you to yeah. himself, calling you out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, um, calling you into holiness, into living a consecrated life, um, in, into being somebody that loves and obeys Jesus. That That is what the word calling is used um, in so many scriptures. I could pull some out of a bag if you want, but there's literally so many. Um, and then there's a couple other ways. Paul is a great example to use when you talk about calling because he receives kind of three different calls within his life story of the Bible. And it's the call to, you know, become a Christian, to give his life away to Jesus and to serve him as Lord. Second is the call to be an apostle. In every single one of his epistles, Paul introduces himself by saying, Paul, I, Paul, called to be an apostle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is something that he considers to be a call in his life. And then the other type of call that he receives is this um, kind of continual call of the Holy Spirit, calling him to different places. And I have some I have some scriptures for that too. The, the biblical form of call is the call to Jesus, the call to apostleship or to be a prophet or an evangelist or a teacher or an evangelist. From what we know of Paul, that's, that's lifelong. But then you have all of these calls within you know, the book of Acts where Paul's called to one place and he stays for a little time. And Paul doesn't just take that call and say like, okay, this must be where I'm supposed to be forever. We, we can't ever assume that it'll be forever. We have to be okay with unknown endings and indefinite amount of time because those are what push us towards a lifestyle of depending on God's spirit. It literally forces us to remain in a listening posture. And that is the kind of dependency that the Lord desires. That's the kind of listening that the Lord desires. Like when when Jesus goes to visit Mary and Martha and Martha's busy doing all that stuff and she's like, aren't you mad at Mary because she's not doing anything? And wow, maybe I'm being bad by paraphrasing this the way that I am. But <laughs> And Jesus says, Martha, you're doing so much. Like Mary has chosen the good portion, which will never be taken away from her. And what he's talking about is Mary sitting at his feet and listening to everything that he says. And he calls it the one thing necessary. Yeah. She has chosen the one thing necessary, the good portion that will never be taken away from her. There's a lot of emphasis on the fact that we need to be listening, and there's a lot of evidence within the entire New Testament that the Holy Spirit is still speaking. And if we want to truly hear the ways in which we're being called, we have to first become listeners of the Spirit. But yeah, that's that's kind of the basis for what I've found in Scripture about calling. It's not at all used in the way that we refer to it. And never once is it used about vocation or identity. Yeah, no, I completely agree that calling is never vocational, never identity-driven. It is always three ways, at least that I've seen on blueletterbible.com. <laughs> calling the source is of the all first. Truth. Yeah, it's so nice. Uh, the first way it's used is calling, literally like, when the Lord called to Samuel, like literally just hearing a name, Samuel, mm-hmm. Samuel. Okay, that's calling. Um, another way it's used is calling to a feast. 
And then the last one is definitely the one most used in the New Testament, which is a divine invitation to the salvation of God. Mm-hmm. And one of the verses that I think is perfect for talking about calling is Ephesians 4, 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, this is Paul talking, obviously, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What that is, is with this calling, with this divine invitation to be saved, is this urgent request to walk worthy of that calling. Yeah. Um, and so in my in my way of seeking kind of what he meant by that, I was taken to Matthew uh, 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all mm-hmm. these things will be added to you. With that calling comes with it an urgent request to walk in a manner worthy of that calling, which is seeking the kingdom of God. Yeah. And the kingdom of God is obviously the good work of Jesus, opening the eyes of the blind, bringing out the prisoners from the dungeon, yeah. from the prison, those who sit in darkness, Isaiah 42, 7, making disciples of all nations. Um, it's also living holy, living like a holy lifestyle. First Thessalonians 4, 7 says, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. He literally has called us in holiness. So before, and, and I can't wait to dive into exactly how to listen and exactly what to listen for. I want to be clear that from scripture, we have this divine invitation to be saved. That is our primary calling. It's exactly what you said, Nicole. And immediately attached to that biblically are the two requests of seek the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and live in a holy way. Yeah. And that stuff is going to come naturally. And I love how the, how first the calling comes, how first we are saved. First we have the invitation and then comes bringing the kingdom of God and then comes living holy, not the other way around where it's like, once you seek holiness, once you seek the kingdom, then the calling comes to be saved. It's like all comes from that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's, what's really cool about what you're saying in terms of walking with God and, and about our first call really being like from God's heart to our heart, mm-hmm. right? In the call of salvation. I was talking earlier today with Nicole about the the idea of there being like a universal call to all of us, right? Which is salvation. It's the call to accept Christ or not. It's an invitation, you know? And I thought back to my time working at this group home at taking care of adults who many of them couldn't communicate in the ways that you and I do. And many of them con- conceptually don't understand theology like we can, you know? And so in many ways, from a worldly perspective, they're limited. Like they can't work a regular job. They can't remember to take their medication uh, they can't get to their doctor's appointments on their own. Things like that where from from a physical perspective, they are, to many people, like considered less than, right? But the universal call to God, if it's truly universal, has to apply to people like that, right? So I was just thinking about what could be the simplest way to talk about calling. And I think the heart of God's call is to accept his love and then reciprocate and mirror that love back to him. In simplest terms, that's what Adam did in the garden. 
you know, he's walking in relationship with God. He's receiving God's love. And from that place of receiving God's love and loving him back, like Adam had the opportunity to obey and to worship the Lord right through tending to the earth and building his family. And we have the ability to do the same thing. If we're looking at scripture to back that up, Micah 6, 8, you talking about walking with God, that's what made me think of that. Micah 6, 8 says, He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly and to love kindness and mercy and to humble yourself and to walk humbly with your God? And so it's that idea of accepting his love and, and letting that be the foundation and the, the root of our desire to, to walk with him. And by walking with him, we're able to obey him from a place of love and not a place of guilt or shame yeah. and to obey him from a place of wanting to to walk with him and not just to accomplish my desires for God and yeah. and yeah it's it's, a, it's all about him and that's the the beauty of the simplicity of that universal call what i think i have seen at least so far in this conversation let me know if this is not a fair estimation or summation here is as far as what the calling of God looks like in the life of the Christian there is a permanent call on the Christian to receive salvation. Mm -hmm. And there is a permanent call on the Christian to, like you were saying, um, walk humbly with the Lord. Like where the Bible says, these are what I want you to do. This is the kingdom of God. This is what holiness looks like. Those are permanent calls on the life of the Christian. But like you guys were saying before, when it comes to these dreams that we have either guessed or really heard from the Lord, Um, what we should do, these callings, they are often not permanent. Like you said, you guys both studied music and now you're working in gardening Mm -hmm. and wine. And that's not dishonoring to God. That's like where he's got you. And so there's not a Bible verse out there that says you have to do what you study. It's like, (laughs) praise God for that. (laughs) So what I hear, what I hear as just a conclusion for the last little bit of conversation, if you guys have anything to add to that, that's kind of where we're at. The only permanent callings of God are the things in scripture that say, receive salvation from me and bring the kingdom of God and live a holy way and just do what I say in my word. Those are consistent callings. But as far as like Mm -hmm. after that, in our actual life, in our driving to work and choosing where to work and these dreams that we Americans really love to put God's voice on, they're often not permanent and they're also very, they can be fluid. Let me know if you guys want to add anything to that as a summation for the last little bit of conversation? Yeah, I think that everything we've talked about so far, like as far as what is the permanent and universal call is receive Jesus, obey Jesus, you know? Yeah. And beyond that, those those kind of, um, you know, like the calls that Paul received to go places or the, the call that Paul received to be an apostle, those all enter in when the spirit enters in, like the spirit of God is poured out on all flesh. Um, and also whenever he would visit, you know, before Pentecost, like visit the prophets and, and the people of God and call them to do specific things. Those kinds of calls like come from the spirit. Um, a large part of it is, is, is that we talk about calling like a restraint. Um, from my own personal experience, um, being a musician, I, and going to music school, I had a lot of people kind of speak things over me of like, oh, you're called to be a worship leader and you're called to, 
um, you know, like sing before the Lord and you're, you're called to write Psalms and, and things like that. And, and, and not saying that those people had ill intentions. I think they were very well intentioned. I think they saw gifts in me and wanted to champion that and, and really wanted to like spur me on in my faith and in my career. But to be honest, it kind of created a really big stumbling block for me. Um, because I started to see myself as a musician as part of my identity. And subsequently, whenever things weren't going well in that arena of my life, I felt like a complete and total failure. It affected my self-worth. It affected basically every area of my life because I saw it as as who I was. And mm. we can't carry other identities along mm. with right. Being made one with Jesus, being a yeah. daughter uh, and or a son of God, we don't get to carry other identities along with us. We have to let them all burn on the altar, mm. so that we can fully accept the identity that God has for us. Yeah. And I really did not recognize that that's what was happening inside of me, but I came to a, a really difficult, but really you know, in the same breath, very relieving. Um, reckoning at the beginning of 2020 where I really let those things burn up. And it's a good thing because I'm not doing music now. Um, Otherwise, that would have been a really big hit to the way I saw myself. Um, Who knows where I would be mentally if I hadn't really surrendered that. And it's not that I don't think I'm called to necessarily worship lead, but I think, like, let's take into account that a worship leader is also not necessarily a biblical term. You know, and I'm not saying we can't use it. I'm just saying it's not explicitly a biblical term. And so we have to be careful of the way we perceive it. We have a cultural perception of what it means to be a worship leader, when in reality, there are many, many ways to lead people to the throne of God. Maybe the Lord did call you to lead worship, to lead people to his throne and teach them to worship him. But that can look like so many other things. That can, I mean, we we live in a house church. We don't live in a house church, but we have a house (laughs) church now. We're part of a house church now. And so worship looks different here. And maybe the Lord has called me to lead worship in that way. But if I was constantly focused on the fact that I felt called to be a worship leader and like be on stage and like, you know, have it be a big deal. Like if if that was my perception of what God was calling me to then I may have said no to where I am now, you know, because I have this Mm. tunnel vision of what I perceive a worship leader to be. I'm closing myself off to all these other areas in which the Lord wants me to actually lead people to His throne. Mm. Um, Even beyond music, leading people to the throne, leading people in worship is beyond that. I have this amazing friend who is just absolutely in love with flag worship. And every time you watch her, um, sometimes worshiping, she'll, worshiping with flags. Worshiping with flags. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. just to clarify. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, she worships <laughs> flags. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> she likes to dance and worship with flags. And um, sometimes she'll go to these events, and children will just walk up to her because mm-hmm. they want to touch these beautiful shiny flags, and they want to do what she's doing yeah. because it looks fun and it's she very, looks like, free. It's very yeah. childlike. Yeah. And they just feel this invitation, this pull. And in that moment, she is leading worship. She's leading children to the throne of God. Yeah. And maybe, just maybe, the person leading on stage 
is actually supposed to be praying for some of these people, but they're so focused on their on their job description, right. staying on that the they're platform. missing what they're being called to do in that moment as a true leader of worship. Yeah, and that's kind of a bit a, a really big fault I have found with the way that we use that word, especially within the church culture. Like it really, really hurt me. Um, I don't even remember the people who said it to me, so it's never been like a personal vendetta, but it really created a huge obstacle for me um, that thankfully I'm on the other side of. But I just, you know, I don't want to see more people mm-hmm. saying no or shrugging off the other things that the Lord is actually calling in, calling them into because they have tunnel vision of, of what their perception of their calling is. And that's way beyond worship leader. That's just my own personal context. Like whatever right. you're called to, Make sure that you're you're listening with an open mind and that you're listening holistically. Yeah. And to revisit something you said at the very beginning is like your calling or your vocation or where you think God is calling you into does not have to be what you are naturally gifted with. Yeah. Wow. I have a scripture from, from 1 Corinthians. Um, 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 26, says, For consider your calling, brothers and sisters, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the insignificant things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that He may nullify the things that are, so that no human may boast before God. But it is due to Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Right. And that's what walking with God comes down to in a lot of ways is not letting your qualifications box you in and box the Lord in, and also not letting your disqualifications like keep you from going where you need mm. to go. Yeah. I think an important addendum that I'm thinking of right now is like the talents and skills God has given you. He's given for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like he loved making you two very musical. And I think where we go wrong isn't necessarily not appreciating those. Like it's right. good to appreciate those skills and those gifts, but instead taking those gifts and talents that God has given every person and then interpreting it in our flesh to equate to God's plan for our yes. life in the way that we see it. 100%. So like, okay, so I've been born to be very good with numbers. This is a divine message from the Lord that I should be an accountant forever. You know, <laughs> that's right. just not in the Bible. <laughs> that's not, but we do that. And we I think, totally do. Um, exactly. Where we go wrong is that very, from our human brain, interpreting what we have naturally as this divine goal. And where that, where the danger is with that is so significant because not only, like you were saying, Nicole, are we saddened and like feel like a failure when we don't get money from that talent as if that was a promise. But like, not only do we feel like a failure, but sometimes I've even experienced feeling like God is not being faithful to me Mm. in my vocation. I mean like, God, I thought that you gave me this talent so I could get my money to support my family with this particular thing. Why are you not being faithful? Mm. When in reality, God is faithful regardless of where we're getting our money and where we're living and who we're marrying and all these things we're talking about. And really just the root of the problem is just us deciding what God wants from not even listening to him or reading his word about what he wants us to do with our lives. Yes. And I think it gets really dicey when 
you start talking about marriage and family mm-hmm. because so many people very quickly get their identities wrapped up in being a husband or a mother or a father. And not that I can speak from my personal experience. Um, you are a husband. I am a husband, but <laughs> what I was going to say was... Let me remind you, you are a husband. What I was going to say was being frustrated about, well, God, what happened to my my call? You know, like, where's my daughter, my son? Like, if you're unable to have children and you have an idealized version of what it means to be a mother and you haven't, or a father, it, it doesn't matter, and you haven't let the Lord speak specifically to you and you and allowed him to speak to you and, and, and listen for what that means for your life and, and where you're at right now. Or how you can be a mother like right now. Yeah. Or, or a father right now. It's so easy to get discouraged and disenchanted with the whole idea of, of God and him giving you a vision and a plan and a dream and, and all those things. Like it's a dream deferred, you know, but the reality is, is like that dream was never God's dream for you. And it's human nature, you know, to, for us, it's our flesh um, that wants to chase things that aren't of God. And yeah, it just gets really tricky when our identities become wrapped up in those dreams that are not of him. And even if they yeah. are of him and, and from him, we, it's it's really important to not let our identities get caught up in those things. Yeah. Um, because it's so easy to spiral when something goes goes awry. You know? I also yeah. think that's a symptom of thinking about the part and not the whole. Thinking about your own personal narrative and not thinking about how that fits into the global will of God. You know, if you're, you know, rung up in despair, not that you can't be like genuinely mourn over those things. Do that. That's so yeah. important. But I think you start to to have that moment of like, God, why aren't you being faithful to me? Uh, it, it's a very selfish thing. You know, you're not you're not asking the Lord like, okay, like this isn't happening for me now. I still believe this is something that you spoke. Can you revisit this disappointment for me? Can you show me how I may have misheard you? Can you mm. show me any misconceptions I had about what you said? Yeah. And can you show me what this means for me right now? You know, and and how that and for me, like when I've come to those places of being like, why are things not turning out the way I thought you said they would? I've I've gone to like, Lord, show me more and show me how it works into the bride as a whole, the global mission as a whole. And that for me personally, this is purely experience-based, has always given me a greater perspective and always been such a rope into that pit of despair for me to pull me out. Because mm-hmm. um, it reminds me that, that it's it's bigger than where I am. So what I'm experiencing could also be, you know, just a very small moment mm-hmm. of what the Lord is is still going to make happen. Alrighty, and that is where we're going to stop the discussion for today. Now, to Nicole, we're so amazing to spend some time with me and talk about calling. Uh, our conversation continued, uh, but I thought I would split up our conversation into two episodes. The next one is going to be dropping next Friday at midnight, as always. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be talking about hearing from the Spirit next week. And so I really hope that you tune in and listen to that. And 
as we tie a bow on this calling conversation, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. Um, It really helps us out. I know uh, next week I'm also going to talk about a raffle that I'm doing currently on our Instagram page, Pod. If you leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, take a screenshot, DM it to me. I'll enter you in a raffle to win $100, which is crazy. So please enter uh, so I can uh, get some ratings and reviews on the podcast and also give you a chance to get $100. So please do that. Let us know who you are, where you're listening from, as well as what topics in scripture would be helpful to you for us to cover. Do that either on Instagram or through the rating and review system on Apple Podcasts. Seriously, thank you now to Nicole for sitting down and chatting. Can't wait to share the rest of the conversation with you guys next week. As always, go to the Bible, read the text, and pray that God might open your eyes to see him for who he truly and really is. Let your maker root you to himself. Me, Nauto, and Nicole will see you next week. See you later. Mm-hmm.